Hello. Welcome to this podcast called Finding Inspiration. It's a 20 or so minute weekly podcast where we interview someone with an amazing story. After the show, I know you're going to feel energized, invigorated, and inspired. I'm Jennifer Weissman. Welcome to Finding Inspiration. Here's a conversation I had with this incredible young man who was hit by another car going 100 miles an hour, took him four years to learn to walk again, decided to go on an eat, pray, love tour, ended up in Israel, and then went on to become a pickle entrepreneur. Stay tuned and listen to the story of Jake Harriet. So Jake, tell me what happened to you. 2008, I was a sophomore in college. It was in Maryland, where I'm from. And I was driving my 1969 Camaro. It was my baby, something I had three jobs to afford. And I was hit head on by two guys racing the other way in a back road. More or less, I took the brunt of the force. It was 100 miles an hour, brand new Acura hitting me in my soda can Camaro doing 45 miles an hour. And my left leg was hyperextended, ankle folded, my hip exploded, my pelvis split in two pieces, and my aorta tore not all the way open, and my sciatic nerve got pulled, paralyzing my lower left leg. Sounds like you're lucky to be alive. Absolutely. Wow. So you recovered from this in a hospital? I was taken to Baltimore Shock Trauma Center. A lot of people agree that's the only reason I'm alive. It's like a standalone trauma center that's world-renowned. They did experimental stuff to stop the bleeding. The gel that freezes the arteries in place allows the people to do their work while it thaws. They put more metal in my pelvis than they've ever put in a human. It's uh, 33 screws, 8 plates, and 2 bolts. Wow. Uh, it took 8 months to walk again. My mother convinced them to bring and rent all of the equipment to our house so that I wouldn't be in an outpatient facility. Okay. I was really intolerant just of little things and things that bother bothered me as a kid. And so my mom was so worried that this was the worst person something like this could happen to. and Set you over the edge. Yeah. She fought really hard to build a hospital in, in our house so I wouldn't be somewhere else for eight months. And so you lived in your living room at home for eight months with care coming in and out? Yeah. With the, the money I eventually got from the insurance was I became an art collector of bongs. I, so I read that. That's yeah. something that not everyone does. Super proud of your glass bong collection. Yeah. And so that was a phase. I traveled all over the country meeting artists and I had a really good time. And that was kind of a healing situation for me just because I had to put my mind on something that wasn't being a hospital patient. You bought the glass bongs and then just as an aside that you sold them or you traded them or you used them? After my money had run out, I started to live the same lifestyle by selling them because people heard about me, wanted them. And for a good two, three years, I was still living with the same lifestyle budget, but just selling the pieces I had purchased to other enthusiasts and stuff like that. So you learned to walk. How many years did it take to recover fully? I'd say say. four years in, you could see me not with a brace and a cane. And you might laugh when I say I'm handicapped. You might say, oh, no, you're not handicapped. What's wrong with you? Took about four years to get to there. Okay. So four years, you were selling bongs, traveling around the country, ran out of money. How did you get to your next phase, which was, I believe, a trip on birthright to Israel? Yeah. So it's a good question. In there, my dad did uh, pass away. He's somebody that was a huge figure in my life. He was a legend of a man in his own right. And he was epic father to me. I lost him in a time when I thought I had lived my whole life, which is so weird because hindsight is certainly not the case. How old were you at that point? 20. So it was after the accident. Yeah. And my dad leaves and it just kind of forced me more into an adulthood. You know, 
know, everything he tried to say to me before he left, you know, I heard it the, the moment that he was gone. And so through the strength I built through my accident and through the, you know, the kind of growth turning the page that happened with my dad leaving, I was left feeling just a little, what's going on? What am I doing? I'm treading water. So you didn't really have any direction in your life at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And so you heard about birthright? Yeah, this was so fun. My mom's Jewish. My dad wasn't. She wasn't religious anyway. There was no hope in me being brought up Jewish. And so I knew nothing Jewish uh, to the point of being a night. Wow. So I'm, okay. I'm 26 years old. My most Jewish relative I hadn't met. My aunt, she comes to visit. She's in the kitchen with my mom. And after my dad passed, I moved back with my mom, kind of like, you know, we were best friends. and Help her out. Yeah, and um, help each other out. And so my Jewish aunt, she's just like, oh, he's got to go on this birthright. He's a free trip to Israel. Get on a plane. And I was checking on the, on the plane, the map, to see where Israel was because I didn't know. Wow. Um, and I came here, did the, you know, the whole birthright thing, convincing myself this was the place to move and where I'd spend time in Tel Aviv. I, you got the bug. Yeah, I, I did. It, it bit you. Yeah, I did make the flight. I sold everything that I had remaining. I did a three-month farewell tour, um, and I came here with two backpacks, no plan, and plopped myself in a hostel unannounced. And So you're you're in a hostel, you're in a country that you just figured out where it was on the map, and you maybe have one relative here? Nope. No, nobody, you need to know anybody here. Okay, fast forward a little bit. We're sitting in... In your uh, curated pickle jar studio where you basically take the, the humble pickle as a canvas for flavor and you use that that logo that that saying and have all different kinds of pickles and you've got this sort of cult following now of people dying to have pickles from the pickle jar tell us about how you transform yourself from uh, a drifter in a youth hostel to well, uh, to an entrepreneur so it's, it's quite interesting um, my this this drifter he had a hankering for pickles and it, I'm it, guilty of of my friend my friend back home that i left i couldn't fit him in, a, in one of the backpacks that i brought um he was a green thumb always growing vegetables in the garden and every um, time of year that he had cucumbers he would make pickles okay He'd bring them bring them around to us and he brings us these pickle jars and we would inhale them on site we would shake him for more because they were just so good so here i am seven months into to living here um i hadn't found my first job yet i hadn't uh i hadn't run out of money yet the the little i came with and uh basically i just really wanted some pickles so i asked my buddy i said <laughs> you know, hey, how, how do you make pickles, Jeremy? And he sent me a recipe. I'm good at following instructions. So they came out just as good. Um, I made two jars and I was so fanatic about it that I immediately made another batch of four jars. The next preceding month, I did get a job. It was a customer support uh, for a ride share in New York City. Something boring. I was just getting yelled at by people ordering taxis. Um, and so then I was like, you know, hey, let's make pickles for people at work. So I made a batch of like 20 jars and then I had 20 people inhaling the the jars and shaking me for more. So you were you, at 20 jars. Were you making money? Was it profitable? Those were just kind of, I was selling them, I think, but I, that was before I even understood what looking at costs were, um, thinking about, I, I, I'm not a born businessman. So, um, I, I know things now, but it was all through, uh, through experience. Right. Like the rest of us, right? You just, yeah. like at that time I was just like, Oh, if you want to pay me, pay me. Sure. If you don't want to pay me, I'll enjoy the pickle, lose a lot of money. Yeah. And, I'm good with blah, that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't care. Um, cause I had the job, you know, this was like, like kind of a hobby at the time. Um, you know, after doing after doing 20 jars, uh, I did 40 jars for people at work. So each. you went from 20 to 40. Yeah. And then uh, from 40, I was just kind of like, I would rather sell pickles than get yelled at by people ordering taxis in New York City. Yeah. So you were, you were inspired by uh, working for yourself and... It sounds like, in a strange way, pickles pickles gave you a lot of comfort. They Maybe were, they reminded you of home and pickles were my entrepreneurial escape plan. And absolutely, comfort from home. It's uh, you know, it's something that I can bring here, even 
though it's it's already a, Jew, a Jewish thing, pickles. You yeah, know, people love cucumbers and they love a, pickles in Israel. This was a funny thing for me. I've also learned a lot of uh, of pick pickle history roundabout because you know in America, um, all of our pickles, you know, pickles are a Jewish thing in America. And why is that? Uh, it's because they're coming from you know Eastern European Jews back when they came over. You know, so so here we are, and I, I sometimes will tell like a you know a Russian uh, woman, it's like, oh, it's here's a New York style, and she's like, this is a Russian style. Wow, wow. So it's uh, it's very funny that it, how pickles you know make their way through history and culture and how they they remain a Jewish thing and here they are again uh, in Israel. So you're you 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 left your job, you started the pickle jar, and you rented like just basically a cement box with a store a glass storefront. Yeah, when I moved in here, um, there was nothing. It was a uh, slab, uh, no walls. I built this wall here. Um, there there was no lights, just wires. There was no there's just plumbing coming out of the ground. Did um, you did you take a loan or did somebody help you? No, I pay I, for. So I actually uh, moved into the store and I worked at, at that old job for two years while I painstakingly did research and built the store up. Um, the neighborhood finally yelled at me. They said, you know, enough building the store. We want pickles. You know, um, I'm <laughs> open. A, I'm a perfectionist. So they're like, this store isn't even done being built by my standards. There's a lot of things I want to do, but everybody got sick of it. They're like, stop telling us you're going to sell us pickles and sell us pickles. So um, I just picked a date, October um, 4th, uh, 2019, and I did a party. Um, I quit my job. How many pickles did you sell the first month you were in business? You know, at least a thousand, but a thousand jars. Yeah, at least a thousand jars. And um, at that point, were you making money? Um, I, I'd say we were making money the whole time, but it's hard to. Uh, we weren't really tracking. We weren't really tracking like all business expenses until things were immediately serious. Um, so and, then you, you you said you didn't have a lot of experience as a business person, but pretty quickly it sounds like you figured out what how you had to expend spend money, save money, expenses, uh, overhead. Yeah, there's lots of things that I uh, had to learn the hard way myself. Um, my stepdad, who uh, my mom did remarry, and my stepdad is very uh, business-minded. He's my advisor. Um, my ex-girlfriend also helped me. She's Israeli. Um, and But it was a lot of just uh, trial by error. You know, nobody's tried to open a pickle store here before. Um, and so there was even just on the bureaucracy of the, the location itself and, and everything, It's they're all very unique challenges. And Are you inspired by your own story? Yes, absolutely. What, what do you find inspiring about it? Just my story here is just taking it in taking it into my own hands you know it's kind of similar to how I um, went through my healing process there's a way that it's supposed to be done there's a way that they'll tell you to do it and then there's the way that I did it um, they had me on 29 medications a day I'm on zero um, only because I chose um, so you're a direct a self-directed person you it sounds yeah. like you I take my own advice you take your own advice you chart your own path and um, what is the plan for the pickle jar like in, in five years if we were sitting here what would the pickle jar look like so right now um, uh, as much as I love the store, the goal is to turn it into a brand where you see my pickle jars in other stores, in stores all across the country. So somebody who doesn't have the time to get here or, or doesn't ha- even know um, about it to come here, you know, they just go into their local supermarket and they find the pickle jar there. So you're going to get them distributed in, in large yeah. commercial stores. I want the same quality, the same crazy shawarma flavored pickles, spicy Sh- pickles. What is a shawarma flavored pickle? It's a pickle. That, you know, that you know I'm going like, to ask for a sample. It's uh, I have some here right now. It's um, it's a pickle that tastes like a shawarma. Amazing. So you've got New York sours, agave and bay, eastern eastern yeah, onion. Yeah. So we've done over thirty flavors. Um, thirty flavors of pickles. We've done yeah of cucumbers mainly, and a lot of people will ask, you know, why cucumber only? And it's it's like you had pointed out, it's a canvas for flavor. So you know, you can you can pickle a million different things, yes, but the cucumber doesn't have much of its own inherent flavor. So that's what makes it so good for adopting and accepting other flavors. So like for instance, the shawarma flavor and has shawarma spices and amba and you bite into 
it and it's uh, it's all the it's flavors like of shawarma. a shawarma explosion in your mouth. Yes. I, I love your story. I, I read it. I read it in, in the newspaper and I just thought, wow, he, you know, he's a determined guy who's had a lot of hardship and found his own, I, I guess, drive and direction to create a business, which is pretty darn hard to do just with an idea and not a lot of money. And you've created a, a bit of a cult following. Thank you for joining us this week on Finding Inspiration. Hey, I would appreciate it if you would click on that subscribe button and share this podcast with a friend. See you next week. I'm Jennifer Weissman.